Hello, everyone. It's your friend Tristan Miller. I'm just here to inform you that I'm recording my first stand-up comedy album and special on May the 4th in New York City at Caveat at 4 p.m. You can go to the link in my bio on my social media platforms, or you can go to caveat.com, go to May the 4th, and buy tickets there. Highly recommend that you get them early as they are cheaper that way. Also, after the show, I'm going to go, Phantom Menace is playing in theaters. So I'm going to take a big group to go to the nearest AMC or whatever Cineplex and go see my favorite Star Wars movie. I'll say it. I'll say it with my full chest. My favorite Star Wars movie in theaters again. So hope to see you at both things. If you have to pick one, just pick my my show, please. Um, I do. Uh, uh, would, I would like to sell out the house if possible. Anyway, um, love you. I uh, hope to see you soon. Okay, bye bye. And now, our feature presentation. Good evening. Hello and welcome. To fo- focus testing. I don't remember what fucking show I'm on. <laughs> Today, whose voice is this? <laughs> it sounds kind of like Vincent Price. It sounds a little bit like Vincent Price trying to do a Morgan Freeman impression. Yeah, it does. I, I like the intersection there. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to focus testing. My name is Morgan Freeman. And today with me, as sometimes, is... Matt Storrs. Hi, everybody. Uh, so, Matt, uh, you're a comedian. I Make am. with a ha-ha. Okay. Uh, I, I, I am a big fan of Vincent Price. <laughs> Good. Perfect. Um, so this is a show um, about films. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you heard of a film? I've heard of them. I've, I've, I've heard multiple at once well, hmm. in a theater on either side because the walls were too thin. You ever been to the Angelica and heard the subways? I have, yes. Soothing in the middle of like a, a political drama. Absolutely. I'm eating an empanada and hearing the subway below me uh, and, you know, being like, oh, that's a really good actor. <laughs> how, how are you? pretty well okay. yeah it's a nice day well, i mean it's not a nice day out but it's an every day is a nice day when we're together that's true that's true and you know the the fact that the the soil is being enriched with the nutrients of the water is probably good also it's not going to smell as bad uh you know it's getting into the summertime that is true also there's no soil in new york there it's isn't all, there's all concrete it is all concrete i mean it is it is free kale season here in New York. Pardon? Oh, you don't know about free kale season. Excuse. Okay. okay, so in uh, the fancy areas of New York where they do have soil, uh, one of the common things... Kiwanis. Kiwanis. Uh, you know, uh, lower Manhattan. <laughs> and, and mid-Manhattan. I guess Midtown also has it. But they'll have planters where they'll have uh, kale. And it'll be white kale, green kale, and purple kale. And it is an ornamental kale, but it is still perfectly edible. Mm. And so especially if like you fry it or bake it or anything like that, you can you some people uh, that I may or may not know 
uh, will or may or not be in this room. May or may not be in this room. Who could say? Uh, when they are in, anything is possible any, through the power of Christ. Anything is possible, and so those things they will just out and about. They got an extra bag. They'll just pop those kales yeah, into their bag and go home and bake with it, cook with it, whatever. Make sweet love to it. Make sweet love to it um, with oil. Um, olive oil. You have to massage it into the leaves. And uh, you bake it. And then you got little kale chips. Oh. And then they the, the, the folks come back and they're like, well, our kale's gone. <laughs> You got any extra kale we can put back in there? And they're like, maybe we should not plant kale here. Yeah. Um, that's why you see a lot more tulips this season. Oh, that's I see. not true. It's just I tulip just season. <laughs> I just assumed everyone had like played Animal Crossing and gotten excited about that. Right. I recently re- uh, I recently referred to Animal Crossing as the Tiger King of video games. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Because everyone really got into it. Because someone was like, "If it's not very fun," and I was like, "Well, it." It was like, oh, we're pretending to go outdoors when we couldn't. Exactly. That's it, it brought in the people that were big into Animal Crossing were going to go into it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, hey, here's a pitch. Everybody come on in. Yeah. Uh, and everybody's like, you know what? That does sound fun. <laughs> we all have an extra $600 to buy a Switch right now. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's let's get it. Um, what was the first movie you remember seeing in the theater? Let's see. Um, I mean, I remember seeing Jurassic Park. Um, now, you're not that much older than I am. Right. You should not have been seeing Jurassic Park when it came out in theaters. Oh, yeah. We ha- that, we'll get there. Uh, okay. So, uh, so Jurassic Park, I like dinosaurs a lot. My parents were very easy to convince. Uh, I was the third son, and so they're like, well, we'll f- it'll be fine. And, uh, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. I would say um, probably some um, <clears throat> like cartoon or something like that. I, I don't hmm. know what it would be, um, you know, between, you know, 87 to like 93, 94, what would have come out in that time period cartoon wise. Um, Aladdin. Uh, yeah, probably Aladdin then. Um yeah, I, I would assume Aladdin. Um, when was, yeah, I mean, maybe Lion King? I, I just Googled Aladdin, and unfortunately, the first thing came up was the number one, the recent film. Right. Then the Broadway show. Right. And then now I have to put in animated. Right. Or cartoon. The, the shame of it all. It right. came out in 1992. Yeah, so probably I would assume that would be my first real memory of it. It's exactly an hour and 30 minutes. A perfect picture. Oh, yeah. They do They do a good work. Yeah, they do. So probably Aladdin, but maybe Jurassic Park. And yeah. how was that experience? See, that's more important to me, Jurassic Park. Uh, yeah, so Jurassic Park it was great. Uh, it was frightening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it established the dynamic of my parents putting their hands across my face um <laughs> at various points uh but my favorite it i'm gonna tell you it anyway yeah. uh, i saw fargo in the theaters in prescott arizona with my dad i believe it was prescott it may have been flagstaff um so that came out i think when i was like 12 or something mm-hmm. like that 
and we were a Cohen brothers family, loved raising Arizona, mm. and saw that a ton of times as a kid and subsequently. And so my parents were like, oh, looking at the newspaper, oh, there's a new Cohen brothers movie coming out. We should go see that. And so we were in, you know, on a little mini vacation, and my dad's like, oh, we'll go to the movie theater, me and Matt, and go see this movie. And then as we walked out, he's like, I can't believe I we didn't walk out. I can't believe we sat through that whole movie. I am so sorry. I'm so embarrassed that I brought you here. Uh, and I'm like, and I remember distinctly talking to my dad being like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, I get that those things are bad. He's like, right, but you shouldn't have been exposed to that. That's completely inappropriate. And I'm like, oh. And then I uh, saw it later. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> dad, you... We can walk out of movies. Um, you should never be exposed to a Minnesotan accent. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that, but I mean, also like it, you know, with the upbringing, it's like, yeah. oh, this is what our, you know, my dad's grandparents or my dad's parents, uh, you know, when they first uh, came to the country, mm -hmm. um, that's where they moved. And then they subsequently moved to Arizona. So uh, that's a wild jump. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, oh, you know what? We can, we can do something different. We can, we can have warmth. Um and I don't believe in that. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you. Uh, yeah. uh, and so they uh, headed out uh, southwest. So it's so it seems, and yeah, so that is probably my yeah. So I guess it's trauma is my <laughs> is my memories of, of my first memories of film. Um, isn't Fargo rated R? Oh yeah. How is that not a deterrent? So you know. My again, the third son. Uh, I am also a third child. Yeah, so it's okay. Yeah, there. We messed up the other two. This will be fine. Uh, <laughs> this he'll he's you know could possibly get worse. Yeah, his frontal lobe is so so developed. Uh, even for a twelve year old, uh, he's gonna be fine. Uh, oh no. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, what the justification was, but I do uh -huh. know that anytime I bring it up with my dad, he gets so embarrassed. That's it so immediately funny. goes back to it, and he's like, "Oh my god, I can't <laughs> believe I did that! I can't!" And it's just like he like uh, curls up in a knot. If, for what it's worth, I had a very similar experience with my father. Um, he was watching Pulp Fiction. It was on TV, right? So he's like, "Yeah, well, it's edited for TV." And my mom still was like, "What are you doing?" Right. Because she came in, and I sat down like right before it. It was the gimp scene. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and i'm eight and i was like well what's happening here dad and luckily we had watched roots together the year before and he go and well, I was, uh, okay. also not good yeah because yeah. i was remember like you know there's a scene with um the actor that plays paul ingles and i was like mm -hmm. well what's happening here it's like oh well you know he's raping this woman i'm like oh what's that it's like well you when you force someone to have sex it's with you it's very bad and so cut to a year later, I'm like, well, what's happening here? And they're like, oh, remember the thing that I explained to you <laughs> during Ritz? It's that. And I'm like, but they're both, everyone's a guy in the scene. It's like, yeah, sometimes that happens too. Which was the introduction to the concept of homosexuality to me, which was less than stellar, shall yeah, we say. Yeah, unfortunately, that is very often how homosexuality is introduced. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember when uh, Brokeback came out, talking to my dad about it, and... 
him having apprehensions about seeing it because it's like we're Western, we're Arizona, we're sure. you know that this is a Western that is, and then he finally saw it and he's like, that was one of the most beautiful movies I've yeah. ever seen. And I'm like, yeah, like dad, like you're the whoever you talk to about this is a bigot. You are not a bigot. <laughs> you're fine. And they just they came at it from the oh uh, yeah, this isn't. You know, there aren't enough horses in this film and there aren't enough gunfights. And it's like <laughs> Sam it, Elliott over yeah. there. Listen, I don't much care for this. I reckon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, so unfortunate. So unfortunately. And so that's the nice thing about my family, though. It's like, oh, yeah, like we, you know, we might have had misconceived notions or whatever, but we were flexible in that mm. we would overcome them and like be exposed to film and be like, oh, I'm unfortunate. You know, I'm uncomfortable seeing that. And it's like. Oh yeah, no, I recognize the beauty of that and like the 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 uh, great story and great mm. acting of everything. So it was very nice. Well, that is. Uh my mother did come in when we were watching Pulp Fiction and he go, she goes Tristan get out of the room and then as I'm walking out he goes Herbert. She goes Herbert, you shouldn't even be watching this. And I was like that movie must be powerful sinful. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> but, yeah. And then um having seen the film much later on, you know, as a an adult, I was like, "Oh, the only sin here is the the fifth act. It's so boring. <laughs> it's too right. long. Oh my God, Quentin, come on!" Yeah. So, um, I have trivia questions for you. Okay. Um, the first question is, what's my favorite movie? What's eating Gilbert Grape? A film I started but have never seen, but apparently it's Ants. <laughs> I, I, that's all I know. Is that's, that true? No. Okay. Uh, no. Uh, let's see. I. No, that's the correct. That's not a correct response, but it's a response. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, I would probably say Woman Under the Influence okay. by John Cassavetes. Uh, I would not have said that. Great film. It's available. The entire thing is available on YouTube, and it is the Criterion release. So have fun with that. Um, <clears throat> if you had to kill a Marvel character, which one and why? Movies or comics? Well, it is a it's film podcast. Okay, so okay. Well, I you know, uh, <laughs> I. And they would not be in any subsequent movies. Forever. Um, Forever so gone. So I would say... Um, you know, that's a very hard question. I would mm-hmm. probably go with... Oh, see, because I want to say that, but then they that's not fun. Um, well, then just... Uh, well, no, so I would... be fun. Uh, I would do... Um, Oh, this is such a hard question. I, I I bring the heat. You do bring the heat. Um, I would say Doctor Strange. Can I tell you that was also my response? Kind of unnecessary, superfluous character. I I think so, and I think that um, he does more harm than good overall. And <laughs> ironic, him being a doctor and all. Right, exactly. And I think that the. There are other storylines with, you know, magic and magicians and stuff like that that would be heightened by coming at it from a different perspective mm. of somebody other than Doctor Strange. Yeah, that makes sense. 
What do you think about Benedict Cumberbatch's quote unquote American accent? He tries. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely an attempt. Uh, how many slaps in the face would you take in order to be the star in an A24 film? Who's slapping me? This is, I've said everything about the question. Okay. Uh, it can't be someone that you would like to slap you. Is I wouldn't thing. want anybody to slap me. Really, you and I are living different worlds, my friend. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a slap person. Uh, it gets me into a stress response. Um mm. And I think that's pretty normal. Yeah, but like a stress response of like, um, I'm sorry, of what? Of <gasps> thank you. Uh, and I'm being attacked. Uh, but I'd say, um, you know, upwards of a hundred. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. In a row, or throughout your entire life? Uh, I mean, I could do a hundred slaps in a row. Um, you know, depending upon the, the circumstances, but mm-hmm. like if it was over the course of the production, like you had to get slapped once a day over the course of filming or multiple times, like the beginning of the day, the end of the day, I could do that too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, what movie monster would you want to fuck the most? Hmm. <laughs> So, I think uh, probably a Dracula. Okay, a Dracula. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the one that makes the most sense is uh, like Gary Oldman's Dracula. Um, but like okay, not so, the icky one, like when he's like, oh, hi, I have the cool purple glasses. So, when you say a Dracula, you mean, you don't mean a vampire. Oh, in general, vampire, yeah. Oh, okay, like, because I say Dracula for when I just mean vampire in general. Oh, yeah, a Dracula, yeah, a Dracula. absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I'd say that, uh, you know, because that would be fun, um, because like depending upon the circumstances, you know, he has his brides, so to speak. So, that would just be like a party. Uh, in a lot of ways. And then in like Dracula 2000, I want to say, there's a whole thing. I don't Is know. Is that you... like when he's a robot? Oh, no. So that's when um, <laughs> uh, Sick Boy from Train Spotting, whose name escapes me right now. Y- uh, Ewan? No, not Ewan. The other guy. The, there's two Ewans. In oh, that so it's uh, uh, the Jamie, the one with three names. Oh, not Jamie Lee Curtis, but yes, yeah. the other Jamie. Yeah. Uh, so he is in it, and it's not a good film. And uh, I believe that's the one that has um, uh, uh, Seven of Nine from uh, mm. uh, Star Trek mm-hmm. uh, in it as one of the brides or, you know, okay. uh, of, of the vampire uh, Dracula. And... Uh, it's very weird because by the time it had come out, she was, I think she was seven of nine. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why are you in such a small role? Mm-hmm. And it makes mm-hmm. it feel like, oh, you got your part significantly cut down. Mm-hmm. I might be completely off base with this. I might be misremembering it. But I remember being like, I'm very attracted to you even more so as a vampire. Okay. Um, this is a fun set of things we need un- I might have to unpack this on deviantart.com yeah so uh speaking of uh what character do you want to go down on the most 
Again, what character? Hmm. You know, I don't... And it cannot be the golem from the movie Noah with Russell Crowe. I mean, it can be, but why? Right. Yeah, I mean, I That's blasphemous. Why would you even say that, Matt? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't, uh, I'm not entirely sure who I would want to go down on. Um, I, oh man, that's a, a fun thing to unpack. Uh, so, um, you know, you know, I think I would probably say, uh, one of the, uh, Twi'lek uh, women from uh, the Star oh, Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's like Ula. Yeah. yeah, that would be very, like, just, you know, let's see the extent of are, how humanoid are you. Because um, that's one thing they <laughs> the don't talk is about. Very. Yeah, well, that's the th- one thing they don't talk about with all these humanoid aliens and all these uh, Star Treks and Star Wars. What the, what do those genitals look like? I mean, based off of my extensive research on DeviantArt.com, uh, pretty much the same from my yeah. understanding. Yeah. Now, conversely, what a character would you would want to go down on you? These questions are pretty horny. Yeah, and that's what I'm uh, recognizing. Um, Don't worry, I have some non-horny questions coming up. Okay, uh, we'll we'll find a ma- way to make them horny. Oh, for sure. Uh, let's see. I think uh, what is the uh, one of the. Oh no! So those are violent. Um, I don't want that. Uh, Can you please tell me what that was? Oh yeah, the predator. Oh uh, sure, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, because sure, like, yeah. oh that that would be hurtful. Yeah, uh, it would be. But it's like, oh that you know, uh, minus the teeth being everywhere. Um, let's see. I'd say um, probably a. Oh, you know, I don't. What is? One of those, uh, an Oompa Loompa? Uh, maybe I don't know about an Oompa Loompa. That would feel weird. Um, be, like they're already being exploited by Willy Wonka. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to be involved in that. Like <laughs> you don't want to add to their pain. Yeah, I don't want to add to their pain. I, I want. I want to like help them form a union. Yeah. Uh, if nothing else, and the only way you can do it is if you come, and that's that's the... that's part of uh, that's part of labor relations law in the UK. Um. <laughs> You got. There's somebody that files the paperwork. They have to certify that they came at some point in the paperwork. Um, you know, I would probably say, you know, a, you know, a, uh, you know, the probably somebody that played a president. Okay. Don't know what president necessarily. Not but... the late great Robin Williams. No. Not him, him as Theodore Roosevelt from Night at the Museum. Well, technically he wasn't Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, he was a wax he, figure. He was a wax figure, and mm. the wax figure had been repurposed. Mm, that's fair. Okay. So he, he had uh, imposter uh, syndrome. Um, so have Has there ever been a, a film about Taft? Uh, I don't believe so. Um, I think that he has been in jokes in other stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't think that there's really ultimately the the problem with Taft is it's very hard to tell a compelling story about him uh, because it is very much a tragedy or but not necessarily a tragedy, but a very, very sad thing. Mm. Um, and then also like a lot of his actions were pretty repugnant in terms of um, some of the choices that he made. Sure. Um, and like some of the ways in which he um, guided the country, 
Um, mm-hmm. So you have to kind of tell it in the context of Teddy Roosevelt anyway. And so then it's just an immediate clash of those mm-hmm. two styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are, you know, there, you know, are aspects of Taft where it's, uh, you know, you feel, you feel bad for him, but then it's like, oh, but you're also doing bad things. Mm-hmm. You know, businesses are bad, especially back then. Who out of the cast of Lord of the Rings, sorry, who out of the characters of Lord of the Rings has the best hair? Gimli. Fascinating. Expound. It is beautiful. Okay. And it is uh, differentiated. You don't see mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. other, especially in Lord of the Rings, you don't see another an, uh, other characterizations, and, you know, versus like The Hobbit, for instance, where everybody's around. Um, but you're talking about dwarves dwarves yes yeah. uh, the dwarven fe- people and uh you know it is uh it evokes the character more so than anybody else's hair mm, that is true it's it's visual storytelling right we how old were you when you learned that they're all in wigs oh i mean i knew from the yeah i mean i knew from the get-go you you had foresight i up until very like probably within the last 10 years i was like oh no vigo's just in a wig even though he could have that long of hair right what <laughs> oh yeah i i know but that's interesting is that like I knew his the hair Hobbits would be had. oh yeah uh but like his hair like it would be thicker even that's the thing it's kind of his hair in that it's like very like thin i mean he is 80 yeah so like yeah. one yeah. would assume and he's probably not eating the best none of right. them are right Particularly the Hobbits. I, that was something that always kind of bothered me is because they, you know, asked Sean Astin to put on a bunch of weight. Mm-hmm. But none of the other Hobbits and all of the other Hobbits are described as being like portly. Right. So it's like, well, why did he single Sean out? There's that moment in Two Towers where like Frodo has um, the has sting to his yeah. throat. And during one of the during one of the takes, um, Peter goes, OK, put put the sword under Sean's chin and Elisha just goes, which one? And it's so mean. <laughs> it's very mean. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, right? Uh, do you ever, do you know who your first movie crush was? Um, let's see. Uh, maybe Laura Dern in Jurassic Park. Very good choice. Uh, then um, Eliza Dushku in Bring It On. Uh, it's definitely okay. there. Okay. Um, Eliza Dushku and anything. Mm-hmm. Um, she's uh, a treasure uh, for the world and the universe. Uh, mm-hmm. Very, very talented. And uh, yeah, I'd say those um, probably. Um, I mean, I think I got a little. I, there was a tinge of uh, attraction to uh, like Christopher Lambert in The Highlander. Um, because like he's very mysterious. He's, mm-hmm. he's got the accent. He's all, all these things. There's swords. There's there are swords. There's a queen soundtrack that is just banging. It's an amazing soundtrack. It's possibly better than the movie. Um, which I do. I was a big Highlander fan and all that. I watched so much Highlander stuff. Even went to one of the Highlander sequels. Where so in the Highlander, I don't know how much. I thought there could only be there can only be one, but surprisingly, they keep finding more. <laughs> There's also a thing where Mario Van Peebles is a is a Highlander, um, that was uh, 
or one of the chosen folks uh, that was like frozen in a block of ice for like since millennia gone by. Yeah. And so Christopher Lambert is like living in like Santa Fe or something. And then global warming or capitalists unthaw Mario Van Peebles. And then he's like, oh, no, there's another person. I got to go kill him. Mm. But he Mario Van Peebles has like magic. It's a very problematic movie in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. But I uh, just ate up all the Highlander movies Mm. Um, and some of the show. Um, there's a show there's a show oh my gosh it's uh yeah i mean isn't that the one where sean connery plays a spaniard yes the first one yeah inexplicably yeah and then and also he comes back in the second one which may or may not be a fever dream (laughs) the second one is a great movie to watch and be like why what (laughs) what how how did how how did this occur how did this occur how much how many drugs were these people on not enough weirdly they stopped taking their medication they stopped taking the medication i have a final question for you and this for me is the most important because i think it indicates everyone's character why is austin powers so sexy confidence all right yeah he's just unapologetically confident and then uh, ultimately uh, respectful when it matters. It's true. It's true. So now comes the time where we try to improvise a movie based off of a random word. I have a random okay. word generator on my, my iPad here. And for us today, the word is pity. So. What's what's this film about pity, Matthew? So you've seen uh, The Life of Walter Mitty. I've seen parts of the original with Danny Kaye. Okay, so it's... Uh, no, I think I've seen the whole thing with Danny Kaye. Okay. Pucket up, pucket up, so pucket up, pucket this up. is a take off of that movie. Okay. But it's pity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know the name of the person, but it's instead of Mitty, it's pity. Mm-hmm. And... So he or she, uh, they go around and they're sad at other people, sad at other people. Instead of like exposing dreams and like experiences, they just see tragedy. Yeah. They just see tragedy. And they're like, oh man, this, this is really sad and this is unfortunate, but they take pity on those people Uh and then by having such great empathy mm-hmm. pull those people out of those sad experiences and take it it's like the giver um sure you let's know, say we both have read that okay uh so basically in that we have doesn't someone like work as a cipher for like upsetness and they yeah. hold other people's sadness within them so the it, sadness doesn't reside in the other people yeah exactly okay, so cool, society cool. can live their lives without the burden of sadness and regret and horribleness. And so that's what, you know, uh, rich, uh, Richard, Richard pity, Richard pity. Yeah. And that sounds like, uh, Rick pity, Rick pity. Um, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. They're, they're experiencing these horrible things and they're thinking that their life is, uh, you know, they, they, they have a crisis. Mm, They have a mm -hmm. crisis 
and they're like, I have such a good life. That's where we start. We have a millionaire, billionaire that's like, oh, no, I'm I haven't done anything good for the world. And so they decide to figure out a way to take all of the sadness out of these people's experiences Mm -hmm. and taking pity uh, on them and taking and lifting them up um, through, uh, you know, financial donation and also through giving those financial donations, he realizes he takes all of that sadness into him Mm -hmm. and alleviates it. I see. I see. I like it. I think it's a fun premise. I feel like it should be an ancient beyond belief actor. Right. Because okay. he's got to be at the end of his life. Right. He's and trying he's like, to he's trying to make up for it. Yeah. I've had a good life, but I've also spent it like it's like almost like, OK, so what actually happens after um, Christmas Carol? Right. I was going to say the 12 days of Christmas, which yeah. is not the name of the book nor the film. Um, so I like that a lot. Uh, so who do we want as as I'm not so, uh, sold on Richard yet. If okay, his la- yeah. Is it his last name Pity as well? I, I mean, or... it doesn't. That doesn't necessarily need to be the name. Okay. Uh, that is just where I'm like, oh, this mm-hmm, we need to. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a balance. Okay. Um, in the c- cinematic universe, there's two. Uh, there's two uh, MIDI movies now. Yeah. We need to get. We need <laughs> two MIDI movies. Th- th- yeah. <laughs> we uh, need to stop them. We got to stop them. Uh, but we got two of those. We need one where, you know, mm-hmm. it is somebody feeling guilty. We need more. We need more millionaires and billionaires feeling guilty for what they've done to the world. <laughs> that is true. So who can convincingly play a billionaire that's sad? That isn't also hasn't also always already played Bruce Wayne. <laughs> right. Uh, so, I mean, we have. uh you know, Mike, uh, it might be too old, uh, but, you know, Michael came. I say um, not old enough. Yeah, not old enough. Um, so we could go with, um, who could we get? Who's another very old actor? Um, I guess there's Sir Patrick Stewart. There's Sir Ian Patrick McKellen. Um, someone who, like, okay, so who's an actor that you always are surprised they're still alive? I was going to say Kirk Douglas, but didn't he just recently I die? I think he did. Yeah. Oh, dang it. Um we we could always go with Michael Douglas. He's still very old. He is um, very old, and he does play. still goes down on people. Still, still going down, <laughs> uh, and he has a history of being in movies where he's a very rich. Greed individual. is good. Yep, famously, and greed to cruise control not as good. <laughs> okay, so Michael Douglas, perfect, is playing. I say, Schmalter. 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 Pity. Schmalter Pity. Schmalter Pity, and he he's Jewish, obviously. <laughs> yes, of course. With a name like that. No, that's is that anti it's stereotypical at the least. Yeah. It's fine. But um is Michael Douglas a goy? I, I feel like he's like Irish or something. I, I have no idea. Anyway, let's not let's ruminate not. on people's ethnicities. <laughs> let's not. Um so Michael Douglas is a is a billionaire who regrets. I you know of course I say this, um, but I think having Randy Newman do the soundtrack would be good. Of course, you know? yeah, I think that you know because you're gonna have some levity and humor in there, mm-hmm. um, you know, add, and then also you're gonna have a degree of like self reflection mm-hmm. that I think Randy Newman can you know hit all of those marks for sure. And he's you know famously does a lot of soundtracks that are very good. 
So Michael Douglas, I would assume we have to have like, you have to have the first act is him realizing that he's not fulfilled and he needs to do to be philanthropic. Right. Right. So, and then he goes to the first one, you know, the first act is him realizing that and then him going to the first person donating money and realizing that he now actually feels all this pain. What's the first charitable or like unfortunate situation? Uh, I think that it would make the most sense that it'd be somebody close to him. Mm -hmm. So probably somebody in the business. Mm -hmm. Um, Like he just gets exposed to like his caretaker. Like he sees that their, you know, home life is difficult or something. Okay. uh, And he is like, oh, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you this money and help you raise your kid or whatever. And then he realizes as he does it, and helps fix that situation he's like oh i get some of that uh that pain back uh and then he kind of goes from there Mm -hmm. i think that's a very subtle nice one to start off with like he just starts like crying for no reason and he's like i don't understand what's going on and his caretaker is like well you have early onset dementia and that's why i'm here no um but like I think that's a great small one. Now, what I also would love is not exactly a montage, but I feel like at some point he has to go to someone who has like very bad gastroenteritis or something. And it ends up like, because he needs to test out much like when, you know, Spider-Man gets his powers, like how far does this go? And he like sees someone with indigestion and he's like, okay, let me help this person. And then he just for like, 15 to 25 minutes of this film is just shitting himself oh yeah he he decides to donate money to a gastroenterologist uh research facility Mm -hmm. and helps hundreds of people hundreds of people (laughs) all at once because that's where he he decides Uh to donate to a hospital and the the area in which he donates is a gastroenterology uh, wing mm-hmm. because he wants it named after him yeah and so he's like i want a wing of a hospital what do you have available and I'm like well gastroenterology and he's like fine i'll take it <laughs> and then he's like oh my god if he doesn't realize it, he tries to get the money back That's and funny. he can't he can't do it they're like oh it's you, you already signed the documents yeah and, and so he's just shitting himself right but and- he's as time goes on with all of these things that he's doing, especially mm-hmm. the physical ones, it's adding to his slate of diseases. So mm. he's taking disease from the world mm. uh, and, you know, taking the hurt from the, these people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then he's, you know, that you get, you know, the thing that, you know, most uh, movies are uncomfortable uh, putting on screen. Uh, you get to have the colostomy bag. Oh, uh, in perfect in the movie the whole time and the whole time once that happens it's like all right yeah you're getting you know <laughs> we're, we're not shying away from how these things happen for sure who do you think plays his caretaker you know i think that um having somebody you know significantly younger who would look good in scrubs so they have to have good shoulders um <laughs> yes and you know i think that uh, I think uh, having somebody like uh, having a male caretaker makes mm-hmm. sense in a lot of mm-hmm. ways because mm-hmm. I think that it could very easily be construed as, you know, uh, a degree of horniness of giving the money initially. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so, like, having 
Uh, I mean, I guess we could still have that horniness there. It would be yeah. dependent upon Mr. Douglas's uh, willingness to uh, add that as a subplot. Uh, but ultimately, I think that having somebody like... Uh, Who's yeah. the fellow that plays Shang-Chi? Do you know his name? Um I, he's also in yeah. Kim's. Um, yeah. I think he'd be good. Yeah, and he's got, you know, he would look good in scrubs. Mm-hmm. He has very good uh, shoulders. He's got a good demeanor. He's got a good demeanor. He seems caring. Mm-hmm. And um, he's a very good actor. So mm-hmm. he would be good. Um, I think that he, you know, that also gets a little bit of humor and levity because mm-hmm. he's got those, you know, that comedy background where he'd be able to do that really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that could be an option. Yes. I think that's, I think that's good. And then for the people that he's working with in the, with the Castro <laughs> trilogy, I feel like having someone very, very refined mm-hmm. as he's shitting himself would be very good. So like a Dame Judy Dench maybe, or, right. Or Meryl Streep, or someone who is like very dignified, but I also do feel as though, for whatever reason, I feel very strongly instinctually like Pat Nozzle has to be somewhere in this. Oh yeah, I mean, as I think he could be the hospital administrator mm-hmm. of some sort. I realized that this movie is ultimately a mix between Brewster's Millions and Scrooge. Uh, yeah. So that's just I want to state that. Uh, but I was thinking it's almost also a wonderful life. There's yeah, like, it's all yeah. within that same it's in genre. The, yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's under that, that umbrella. And, uh, I think that, uh, you know, ultimately he gets, you know, as time progresses, he gets to a point. Go ahead. I think the ending. Yes. He goes and he speaks with people, um, in a mental institution. Right. And, he's talks to a bunch of people with depression and then he kills himself <laughs> at the end. Uh, yeah, uh, that could be, I, uh, I mean, I think that's funny and weird, but it's also like, yeah, that would be hard to sell. There's, it's going to be a difficult movie to sell anyway, yeah, but regardless. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can I, I almost want to switch Michael Douglas for Anthony Hopkins. Okay. Yeah. I because again that like level of like refineness and right. then he's pissing and shitting himself and like right. <laughs> like there's the embarrassment but yeah uh, I'm 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 game for whatever there mm-hmm. but but. Yeah, but I think that yeah getting ultimately going and because ultimately what the overarching uh, narrative is mm-hmm. is the is the story of end of life care. But, like, on a grand scale of, like, oh, this one person is trying to take and ease all these people's pain while going through the stages of end of life. Yes. And so then, ultimately, the decision, you know, we can leave it fishy as to whether and what he does at the end. Um, You know, whether it's, you know. Big fishy, if you will. Big fishy. Uh, You know, whether or not there's some some pools, uh, some pills left Mm -hmm. on his bedside table. Uh, that he, you know, Anthony Hopkins known for staring longingly. Uh, that was my, that's yeah. really. Uh, so like that is an aspect that you could, put, we could play off of. I think that's, I think that's good. I'm going to give you an alt as well. Is it's all this stuff. And then he gets to that point where he does want to kill himself, but then decides to keep on living. And it's like an uplifting, like, even though 
life is full of all this pain. I've lived through all of this, but I've helped people, and that makes life worth living. Right. But that's very Patch Adamsy. It's actually not because that film ad ends very sadly. Yeah. But it's very like sort of late nineties, early two thousands uplifting film. So it's a little hokey. So right. do we want to go with an art house or a more hokey sort of feel good? I, I think that you know, we ha- we're gonna have Randy Newman, we're gonna have mm. Anthony Hopkins, we're gonna have all of these actors and circumstances that are pretty, pretty heavy. Except um, for the pissing and shitting himself. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, That's a brief moment of levity in the picture. Yeah. yeah. yeah for, you know, 20 to 25 minutes. And <laughs> it's whole the whole act. whole act of the movie is him dealing with that because I think that should be his recognition of like, oh, I did too much. Um, or did I do too much? Or did I do enough? Mm, um, mm, mm. Well, I've taken a physical toll, but mentally I'm it's right, fine. Right. So what's the next step? Exactly. This this can be managed. Um, so I think that going... <laughs> uh, I think you could do the art house ending with the uh, philanthropic, like, last will and testament sort of thing. Mm. So, like, he stares longingly as people... You know, he's on his deathbed, so to speak. He's staring longingly at these pills... And as his caretakers and family members and these people are talking to him about what he wants in his will and what he wants to do with the rest of the money, mm-hmm. um, you know, when he passes. Mm-hmm. So then you can cut from him staring longingly, implying maybe he does die, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, to all of these positive and good things happening in the world um, in all of these different places people getting care people that we've seen you know with you know uh, you know knee ailments they're walking normally or mm-hmm. what have you um so that could be jeff bezos finally fixes his eye yeah jeff bezos finally fixes his eye. well i don't really uh <laughs> want he if he really wanted to he could he would be yeah uh, i feel like it might be a robotic eye if i'm gonna be completely honest oh. with you like i feel that it very well could like be a Long robot. John Silver from Treasure Planet. Yeah, I think I think it might be a robotic eye. Uh huh. Because like he mm. has the money to get that fixed if he, he wanted does. to get it fixed, and it wouldn't be, you know, I don't know what his medical background is, but I presume well, he's certainly not a doctor. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> uh, but he would uh, be able to get it fixed if he wanted to. get that it fixed. That is true. Yeah. But yeah, I like that idea, and like. My only concern, despite me having given the offer, is we don't want to, it to come across as, like, pro-suicide. Right, yeah. It's like, like if you kill yourself, everyone's gonna, everyone's life is better. Like, we're that, very close to that right oh, now. Oh, yeah, I guess that is a problem. Um, um, but I feel like, oh, we show that, then we show all these good things happening, and then we show Anthony Hopkins, like, talking to a kid. Right. And so... Right. And then that kid is so full of joy that he starts to feel a little bit more joy again. And, like, it's the symbolic, like, you know, You pass rebirth. the torch yeah. to a new person. And, like, it's you, like li- literally you can have these people walking around in a park, mm-hmm. in a public space, the people that we've seen with, you know, knee ailments and everything like that. And it's like, oh, no, he's... And then he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just out here. I got my cane. I got my walker. I got my and, colostomy bag. I got my colostomy bag. 
And then he says, you know, goodbye to the nice boy. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, it's a very lovely day, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And the boy's like, yeah, you know. And, like, maybe the boy uh, do a very simple gesture of a boy is running or whatever, playing, skins his knee, and then somebody helps him up and, like, gives him an ice cream cone. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, how was the day? It's, oh, I was very, I was having fun. I skinned my knee. He's like, well, it'll get better. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then he walks away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then credits as right. Randy Newman sings, It's a Wonderful World. Yeah. <laughs> the only time he's ever done a cover. <laughs> only time. I like it. I think it's uplifting. I think it's um, good. I think it's a very solid premise. Um do you think that there's anything missing from it as of right now? As it stands, we uh, have... Women. Uh, yeah, so, I was going to uh, say, there's a staggering lack of diversity, with the exception of Dame Judy Dench. Right, yeah. So we probably would want to insert some of that. So most probably most of the... Uh, and also, you know, end-of-life care, most of the uh, family members that uh, typically get into that are uh, female. Yes. Um, so I would say most of, like, the family fill-out would be, uh, mm-hmm, would be mm-hmm. that... Uh, and then, you know. Oh, I know I said Tony Hopkins, but could you imagine if it was, uh, what is his name from Succession, the dad? Oh, yeah. Because that would be a nice, like, kind of metatextual turn. Right, 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 like, right. Like, oh, what if, what if Logan Roy wasn't a piece of shit? Right. Yeah, but, maybe maybe we just pitch it as the final season of Succession. <laughs> Where he's pissing and shitting. Um, but yeah, I, I think so as they well. They already put the piss in, in yeah, that one episode. I... Is it in the second season? Because if so, I haven't seen it. Well, the, he 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 urinates at one point. Hell yeah, dog! Um, more piss in TV, I say. Right. But I agree. There's a staggering lack of women in the in the picture. So I feel like also, um, I feel like we can add probably a few like smaller beats in the beginning as well of like him doing more to with people. Right. Yeah, giving stuff out to people around mm-hmm. and like, you know, help, trying to help. Like maybe you know give. You know, he's frustrated with his family, but figuring out the right way to support and give money mm-hmm. to his family or give support to his family. And that could be the recognition of like, oh, it's not just money that I'm giving out. Um, it's like time and like support. Mm-hmm. I feel like at some point he should meet with another older person um, who's like, I wish I just had one more year to see my family because, you know, they haven't been around. And then he, like, literally gets older, and he gives them a year. Right. And I feel like also, were this to be a slightly different film, it would star Jim Carrey, and he would be putting on the affects of everyone he's helped. And unfortunately, the scene in my mind is, like, he helps, like, an older black woman, and all of a sudden he's doing that shtick, you know? And that is an unfortunate part of me that... uh, recognizes 90s comedies right but i think um yeah i think we can have like add a bunch of like little segments and that could fill out not only the runtime but also different casts of characters that all come much like big fish style at the end right you know but overall i think it's good and so the title can't be (sighs) secret life of walter the unfortunate un what is it the uh unbearing lightness of walter yeah (laughs) Uh, what is the subtitle to Birdman again? Uh, I don't recall. I remember because they have that Nick Cage great, movie with yeah, the similar, similar title. Yeah. 
but I feel like we got to get a solid title to hook these producers in at, okay. from Lionsgate. Clearly, the the only production right. house. Yeah. Um, um, uh, colostomy. The col- colossus colostomy. Uh, 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 colossal giving. Um, because you want to, yeah. you want to make people know there's going to be a colostomy bag. bag. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know, I think that uh, I a, think... a good life or something, you know, something simple. It's, it's not a wonderful life, but it's okay. It's it's an okay life. <laughs> it's um, an okay life. I do feel like the ending maybe should be, you know, we see Anthony Hopkins or whatever Logan Roy or whomever it is, mm-hmm. and then it just cuts to mr t going oh, i pity that fool oh yeah and then credits right um but yeah i what about the unbearable lightness of i think just calling it the unbearable lightness of walter mitty and so it's like people are like very confused going yes. into it but it's an art house film yeah um who better to direct it do you think who uh, you know i would say because we like we got our Wes Andersons, we got our um, oh who does Marriage Story? That guy, yeah, whose name I can't remember, unfortunately. Uh, Brombach. Yeah, na- yeah, um, Noah Brombach. Yeah, we could do we could do him. Yeah. Um, I think that's Greta Gerwig. Greta, Greta, you know, we get busy with the Barbies. Busy um, with Barbies. But I think that we could go with somebody. Um, uh, uh, who are the 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 brothers? That, uh, not the Coens. Not the Coens. Um, the ones that did Good Time. Um, oh, the Softy Brothers. I, mean, I think it should be a Softy Brothers movie. That would be. <laughs> yes. And I think that's great because that creates an entirely different vibe than what we've been setting. Yeah. And I think it would push their boundaries. And I think the level of chaos that right, they because, would. Because you have to. Because it, <laughs> it would go off the rails. And that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, specifically, again, with the pissing and shitty, then it just escalates and escalates, and then it's just fine. Right. <laughs> then it's just, oh, this is okay. Yeah. And we're all fine here. And it's therefore, it must be set in New York, because they refuse to, to go anywhere. I just remember that Ben Softy, I believe, is in the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, and I, uh, I'm excited about that. Oh, uh, that'd be great. All right. Well, we got a, we got a picture I'll email Josh and Betty Softy and see what they think. Yeah, they'll... Uh... I think they'll they'll go for it. I think so too. Well, thank you for being on. Where can Absolutely. people find you? Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, I can be found on all social media at MT Stores. That's M T S T O R R S. And uh, yeah, I hope to see you on the internet. Yeah, this has been a heck of a lot of fun. Thank you yeah, for doing thank, it. Thank you. Uh, I love stupid doo doo concepts. <laughs> <laughs>